0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Well Then podcast. I'm really excited to share today's conversation and interview with you because it's expanding on a topic that we've explored on this show before, and that is human design, but Today's guest makes the topic of human design really accessible and digestible, which is something I reiterate so many times because I just love the way that she teaches. Human design has a lot of different factors and layers and nuances that go into it, and it can be such a great tool, but it can also be a lot to digest and absorb when you're just trying to learn about it. So that's why I was really excited to connect with this amazing new human design expert. Her name is Leah McLeod. She is quickly becoming a good friend of mine. She recently facilitated one of the workshops at Glowfest, the event we recently hosted in Los Angeles. By the way, stay tuned for more of those because it was so re- well-received and we're definitely gonna be doing a lot more of that as I'm really leaning into the power of connection and community you know, coming out of like a post-pandemic world. It's, it's so nice to connect with people in person again so Leah was there and we talk a lot about her perspective on human design and a little bit about some of the things she shared in that workshop but I think you're really going to resonate with her style because not only is she a human design expert she's also a spiritual coach wellness guru and she's really dedicated to demystifying spirituality and helping bring people close to their authentic selves through this tool of human design over the past three years she has led Uh, retreats, worked one-on-one with clients, couples. She has assisted world wellness leaders and her spiritual philosophy really bridges the gap between woo-woo and science so that it makes that spirituality more practical, more digestible, and most importantly, more fun. Her readings, coaching programs, and retreats ultimately help others discover their innate gifts and embrace the power of their authenticity. And you'll hear in today's conversation that She uses practical examples from her own chart, from my own chart, from some of our friends and the people we know to translate how your human design actually shows up in different areas of your life. And most importantly, we talked a lot about how you can use your human design to make better choices for your mental health and self-care, which is obviously something I am very passionate about. So really excited for you to hear today's episode. You can also find out how to get a free um, reading or a free, sorry, free download of your human design chart on Leah's website um, linked in the show notes below. So if you want to do that, if you've never done it before, so that you have a frame of reference for what we're talking about, you can pause this episode, go get your chart, come back to it, and then we will dive right in with Leah. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Leah. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, of course. I know we were just talking before this about how fun it is to roll right into this interview after Glowfest this weekend. And for those of you who are listening who saw um, all the posts <laughs> about Glowfest, it was so much fun. Leah was one of our workshop facilitators there. Everybody loved learning about human design from you. I'm still hearing buzz about it um, after the fact. So we'll definitely have to have you back for future Glowfest events as well.
1: Oh my gosh, I can't
0: wait. It was so much
1: fun. You guys seriously put together such an amazing day. I mean, I didn't know what to expect going into it because I wasn't a part of the planning process. And I mean, just it was such a good retreat. So you guys just did amazing. And it was so good to connect with everyone. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. It was truly my dream come true. I, I just had this vision for a, a place where women could connect and get access to these resources that you might get on retreat without having to make that full, you know, week long or five day commitment and yeah. getting to make new friends in your city. I feel like especially a place like LA, it's it's easy to make sort of like surface level friends, but to, yeah. to connect with people who are really like doing the work and prioritizing their self-care is a whole nother level of connection and community. So it was really beautiful to see all of the amazing conversations and friendships that came out of it.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, even since then, right before this, I was texting one of the other um, hosts that was there. I've been messaging with so many of the people that were at the retreat. We ended up driving one of the girls home because she lived close to where I live in Orange County. So it was just so cool to be able to connect with people and and I, I agree with you, like you said, where it's like, I think sometimes we think we need these huge resets where it's like, we need a week away or we need this long weekend. And sometimes that can be, you know, not feasible with like money or time or resources, or if you've got, you know, young kids at home and things like that. And so it's such a reminder that like, all you need is one day to reset, you know? And like, I was just telling Megan before this, I have been so tired all week and I feel like I, there was like something that released in me on Sunday. And so now it's, It's just been a good week of just like kind of self-care, relaxing, but we talked about how it's the full moon right now, which is like such good timing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know it's kind of like those ebbs and flows where you expend a lot of energy and then you get to pull back a little bit and rest. And I always call it like going into my cocoon or like going into hermit mode. I I need to have a balance of that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, uh, but I'm super excited for you to share your your gift on this episode talking about human design. I have told this to so many people already, but I just love the way that you teach because you make it really accessible and so digestible and easy to understand, you know, the important parts of your chart and how that can realistically apply to your life. Um, And for those of you who are listening, Leah has already done a reading of my personal chart on Instagram. We did a little uh, IG live last week before this event. And um, it was very cool to hear your, your perspective and your teachings on some of the different parts of my chart that I hadn't learned much about yet. So i yeah. um, excited to dive into more specifics around that. But just in case somebody listening might not have heard of human design, can we do a brief kind of definition of introduction to what it is and, and how you got started in this space?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah. It's, it's funny because, you know, when I started doing human designer, or at least when I started learning about it, it was so very new and and really no one knew what it was. And I, it's really cool now kind of seeing this evolution happen where it's more and more people know what it is, but it's still interesting. There's still quite a few people that don't. And like, even at the retreat it was such a testament to, I think there was one girl that really knew what her human design was. And she was like, before the workshop, I heard her like talking to someone about it. And I'm like, oh wow, you know, your stuff. And she's like, I have a friend who does human design. So it's cool because I'm starting to see more and more people understand it, but they're still like, that was the only person of the 50 people at the retreat that really knew in depth about her chart. So it's so cool to kind of see it emerge. But if you're new to human design, really it's a self-awareness system and it's based on the time that you're born. So our human design chart is similar to like a natal chart. So if you're into astrology or if you're familiar with astrology, which I believe most people are is you kind of input your birth information. It gives this sort of natal chart and astrologers read that. And human design is a little bit different where it's still based on the time that you're born, but instead of it being a natal chart, you have something called a body graph and your body graph or human design chart is what I typically call it is this sort of blueprint of how your energy operates within your body and in your system. And so it gives you insight into How you're designed to make decisions, where your life theme, more purpose lies. It also gives you insight into what energy themes that you consistently carry. What are your strongest gifts? It even goes as deep into, you know, how you're meant to digest food or information or what environments you're designed to thrive in. And so, our human design chart is really this, again, sort of blueprint that allows us to see how we're designed energetically and how we can work with our energy rather than against it because i think so many of us are you know conditioned to kind of do like work really hard or to fit in these different containers when really we're all super unique and we have unique mechanics and energy kind of at a deeper layer that if we just like you know knew what those things were we could start to work with them a lot more effectively and and then therefore you know live a happier life and so human design is the self-awareness system that brings us closer to ourselves by teaching us, you know, who are we? And, And it's not about becoming anything different than who you, than like who you already are. It's about unbecoming all the things that aren't you and unbecoming what we call conditioning of, you know, society or, you know, our parents' expectations or even perhaps our friend groups or different circumstances in our life, we're kind of conditioned to think that we should do things certain ways when really, you know, we're all designed so very uniquely down to like a cellular level that we are meant to do things more um, intuitively to how we're, you know, designed. And so human design really helps us just achieve a flow state. And, you know, aside from human design, I am a really big manifestation a guru and I love manifestation. And I always say manifestation or human design is one of the most efficient manifestation tools that exists because it allows you to, you know, work with your energy and be in that flow state. And so therefore lots of things start happening to you, um, you know, in the best way. Mm,
0: I love that. And when you first started learning about human design before, you know, you even thought about teaching it, I don't know at what yeah. point you, you made that shift. What were some of the biggest aha moments for you that you realize like, oh, wow, like this really resonates with me. And if I give myself permission to live life from this lens or make decisions from this perspective, it's just going to make everything feel easier
1: yeah oh there's so many kind of like little nuggets that jump out that kind of made human design little blah, 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 um that made human design sort of like this thing that I knew that I needed to do. um but it or that made it so I knew that it was really honestly valid. um there's so many moments, but I would say the biggest thing was actually learning that I was out of alignment more than, um, you know, Finding something out about my chart and then being like, that's me, you know? It was more like I'm actually operating from a place that's, you know, not in alignment to my energy. I was really kind of like not, you know, working with my energy in any direction. And so for me, so my story with human design is back in, I think it was like 2017, I heard about human design on a podcast and you know, those of you that know me, or if anyone's listening that knows me, um, but those of the people that know me know that I'm obsessed with self-help and I'm really much of like a um, you know, I love all the different quizzes and I love I've always been into astrology. I've always been into kind of the mystical side of things, but I'm also very much into like the Enneagram love languages. And I'm just such a self-help junkie where I've read all of the books. And so human design was kind of like the thing that I just hadn't done yet. Like it was the next sort of system that I hadn't gotten deep into. So as I was, you know, in my own sort of self-help journey, and actually now that I look back, I was definitely going through a spiritual awakening around like, so I found human design 2017 and then my spiritual awakening, I would say began at a deeper level when I was um, in like 2018. Mm -hmm. And through that, between 2018 and 2019, I started kind of going through a spiritual awakening. And that's when human design found me. Um, That's kind of what I usually say is, it found me where I I heard about it. And then I looked it up. But at the time, there really wasn't a lot of content that existed with human design. So I really just kind of put it away and uh, didn't really do much with the, the human design stuff. And then I ended up um, human design found me again at the start of 2020. And there was actually an influencer that I follow who shared about human design. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that thing that I looked up. But I remember when I looked at my chart, there just wasn't any real like content available. Like if you had Googled, you know, I'm a generator in human design, I Googled, you know, generator, there really wasn't much there and it didn't really make any sense. So it was this sort of confusing thing. And so, you know, I just put it away. And then, so when it found me again, I immediately scheduled a session with the, like, basically this influencer was like, I had a reading with this girl and um, it was so amazing. And, And so I ended up scheduling a session with that girl. And between, you know, the time that I booked the session and the time that I had my session, I ended up, you know, getting really into it and started Googling a lot. And at that point, there was actually quite a bit of content that existed. And so then I'm on Amazon and I purchased several human design books. And I started to kind of like read about it and obsess over it. And we all know it happened in 2020. This was the start of a pandemic. So I had a lot of free time. My partner, he's a nurse. And at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like, no one really knew what it was. Like he was literally was living in his parents' camper in their driveway because like he was dealing with COVID patients. He's an ICU nurse. So like, we just didn't know, you know, how COVID really was. And so it was kind of this dangerous thing. So I had a lot of alone time um, between that. And then I just lost my dog And I had a roommate, but she had a boyfriend. So she was with her boyfriend a lot. And so I just was like into this human design thing. And so I have my virtual reading and I told the girl and she's a really good friend of mine. Her name is Alexandra F. Cole. Um, I ended up telling her like, I want to do human design. And so she really educated me throughout the process. And we had a 90 minute reading. And just after that, I was like, I love this thing. And I had, I actually remember I texted Xander, my partner, I texted him and I said, I have this thing. It's not going to make any sense to you right now, but I know it's going to take over my entire life. Like I just, I just knew I had like that, that inner knowing. And at that time I was working in corporate America. I had, um, you know, this amazing job. I was running a development team at a fortune 500 company. I'd done that for four and a half years. And I uh, really had this sort of career laid out for me where I was meant to, you know, I had this like path of me becoming like a leader within the company. And, you know, I really liked my job too. And I don't have any sort of hate to say around it other than it was really out of alignment. And usually when I tell people that I worked in IT for four and a half years and now do human design, they're like, that's very, those are very different things. Yeah. Um. So it felt like a part of me was a little bit, a little bit dead working there. um, And so I ended up you know, a year prior to that, I was at a yoga retreat and knew I wanted to like do something more spiritual. And then this stuff sort of came around and I honestly just, it it started as sort of a party trick. And I think I said this at the retreat to some people, like it was something I just started learning. And so as the pandemic sort of lightened up, you know, my close friends that would come over, we'd, you know, drink wine or, you know, just hang out. And I just started telling them about their human design and they were fascinated. So I think what I realized is that And as, you know, anyone listening who either knows the system or, or those that don't know, and you're about to find out it's very complicated. It's very complex. There's lots of layers. So as I'm learning human design, I decided, you know, I need to take a training. This is like a little bit deeper than, than I could imagine. And I really didn't expect to like become a reader from that. I just expected to learn it on a deeper level. And, and so I completed that certification within like three months. And then Maybe two months later, I got another dog and who's in my lap right now. This is Gus Gus. But so then, you know, I was like, I'm going to focus on my puppy. And then as soon as he's like potty trained, which only took him like a month or so, I was like, I'm going to start doing human design or like telling people about it. So I just shared on my Instagram, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm a human design reader would love to like, you know, do sessions with friends. And honestly, it was just like this massive trickle effect of just giving, doing readings like after my job you know, I was working remote still. So it was like, we're, like, um, meeting with friends over, you know, dinner or whatever. And I just started giving readings and I had people from my high school reach out to me at the time. I still lived in my hometown post-college. And I had, you know, friends reaching out to me from high school that I hadn't talked to in years to meet up at coffee shops. And it just like, honestly turned itself into a business. Um, so then moving into 2021, I think I, I think if you make over like $600, you have to like, you know, classify yourself as like an LLC. And so I remember like just kind of hitting that. And um, I kind of thought at the start of 2021, I might want to like just establish an LLC. And again, I really thought it would be a side hustle, but then I ended up, um, you know, really enjoying my time giving readings and learning human design and continuing to talk about it while I was still kind of working this corporate job. And there's a lot more baked into this story, but the the short of it is that I ended up getting like really depressed Mm -hmm. and, um, I had a lot of anxiety. I was really depressed. Um, I, we moved to California and basically I was working a corporate job from 4am to two o'clock. And then I had a really demanding job and then I would get done with that. I'd go work out and then I would do human design till like 10 o'clock at night. And so it was this constant like loop of just I had no friends out here. And it was just like, I really kind of overworked myself. And in the midst of this, I got this like massive promotion at my job. And it just felt like I had this golden handcuff to my corporate career. And, and I just grew so, so depressed, like to the point that I, yeah, it was like actually a little bit scary for a minute. Like I, I was having weird thoughts and I just didn't really didn't know what to do with all of it. Um, And so back to the main question here is that when that happened, I, I, there was a moment in, it was July, 2021, where, um, this was like right around the 4th of July, I was giving a reading to someone and she had a similar design to me. So I'm a five, one secret generator. And so was she, and she's, and I was sharing like, oh, we're very similar in, you know, some degree. And she's like, well, what do you do to, you know, live your design? Like, what do you do to follow that? And so I remember having like a deer in the headlights moment where she asked me that question. And I'm like, I, I don't live my design. I don't really work with my energy correctly. You know, I'm designed as a sacral. I'm designed to really listen to my gut and my gut had been telling me for a really long time, you know, you need to, you need to like change, like something isn't right. And I had to examined my relationships. I was examining everything, but like the root cause which was just truly just my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up I had I scheduled a meeting with my boss that Friday. I think this was like a Wednesday and that Friday, I put like an hour meeting on his calendar. And we get on a call and I just cried and I was like I I can't do this anymore. Like I I I know I have this great career and I know I make great money and I know I'm young and I and I really again, I didn't hate the company. I just worked a lot and I had, you know, they were really great about time off and I had the most incredible team and the most incredible manager. And what was so incredible about it, he's like super Zen. And he was like, I think you're going through a spiritual awakening. And he's like, you know, why don't we just like put you part time for a little bit as you figure it out. So I actually went on part time, like medical leave um, to get it approved. So then I did human design part time for about six months, which which was perfect because I needed to kind of transition to figure out like benefits and, you know, working and money and like, how am I going to live, you know? Just like yeah. the things that you have to figure out as a human, being a
0: human, yeah,
1: yeah. So I, um, so yeah, I, I did it part time, and then um, and there's so much baked into here too. And then I ended up getting this opportunity to move. We had moved actually when I was depressed, we moved back to Ohio from California, and then I ended up getting this opportunity to move back to California, and so we went and. Yeah. Then like March of just a year ago, just over, just right over a year ago, I had made the decision. Like I had, I was either at the six month point. it was like, I was required to go back to full time mm-hmm. or to leave. And I, I just left. I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. And I honestly have never looked back. And the crazy thing is like someone who's dealt with like mental health. Um, I've had anxiety several times in my life. I've had panic attacks. And then I had that depressive episode. I've never mentally felt better in the past year than I do um, now. Like I haven't had one bit of anxiety uh, or anything. Like it was really kind of the thing holding me back. So yeah.
0: That's that's incredible. It's also (laughs) so cool to me that you have absorbed so much of the information in such a relatively short amount of time to be able to talk about it so fluently. Like you – You seem like such an expert in human design. Like this really is such a gift of yours. And it's amazing that it's really just been the last few years of your life that you've started to dive deep into this material. That's, that's, I feel like how you know that you're on the right path and that this was something for you. Well,
1: you know, into my design. So I mentioned I'm a five one. So there's kind of like this combination of numbers. It's called your profile or your personality. And anyone with a one in their profile, they're called the investigator or the researcher and so that's an important part, but there's also like any of the gates within our charts, which are basically the numbers and they mean our gifts. And each of them has like a decimal point in a number and that it could be a one through six. And the one is the same as the one in the profile. So essentially what I'm trying to say is I have seven one lines in my chart, which is a lot of one lines. Um, so that one, that, that investigator energy shows up in seven different ways within my chart. Um, and so, yeah, I honestly, I'm not surprised. Like it's, It is so interesting how I've been able to pick it up so quickly, but I'm also now knowing my design, I'm like, it's really not because like, I'm such a researcher. Like Mm -hmm. even as a kid, my mom used to say like, Leah knows random facts or statistics. Like I would pick up on things I was really interested in really quickly. And so human design was like, I just was obsessed with it. So I was like, I, I, like, I, I just absorbed it so quickly. And, and honestly, I mean, sitting with hundreds of people too is you kind of pick it up a lot quicker too. Cause then people are asking you questions. And so if I didn't know something that was like, Oh my gosh, like crucifying to me because like, I love to know information. So then, you know, I'd learn quickly after that to follow up in an email. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of, so it's by design.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. That makes so much sense. And I want to talk more yeah. about the the mental health aspect a little bit too, but yeah. first, just in case like somebody is listening, hasn't tuned into past human design episodes or hasn't been mm-hmm. following you. Um, can you just cover the basics? Like, I know you just mentioned your profile. Could you yeah. know, like, I think profile design type and um, authority maybe?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't have your chart, you can go ahead and look it up. Um, we'll get, I'll send a link to you, Megan. I yeah. put it in the show notes, um, but you can go to my website. So design and there's a little link to get your chart. And when you go there, you just type in your birth information. It's free and it'll pull up your chart. You don't need to understand the like shapes and the colors and the symbols and things. You just have to look at the list that's right next to it. And the list will have energy type strategy, authority, definition, profile, um, it'll list like channels, your digestion, all sorts of information. And really the, the most important thing you want to know is your energy type. So there's five, so the generator, manifesting, generator, projector, um, reflector. And then you'll want to know your strategy will is based on your energy type. You'll want to know that. So it's going to be wait to respond, wait for an invitation or recognition to inform or wait a 28 day lunar cycle. Um, And then the uh, next thing is the authority. And your authority is really kind of your intuition. And so some people are designed to, you know, really lean into their emotions. Some people are designed to lean into their gut feelings. Some people are designed to lean into their instincts. Other people, it's like their willpower. Some people, it's their voice. Some people, it's like the environments that they, you know, feel their best in. And some people, it's just like giving themselves time to feel through different cycles. So, that's the another, those like things together, kind of the most important pieces, the bread and butter of your human design is going to be your strategy and your authority. If you know your strategy and authority and you're working with it, that's how you'll like live your design. And if you're doing that, you'll see also on that list, there's something called your not self theme and your signature theme. Your signature theme is the sign that you're in alignment. And every time you use your strategy and authority, it will bring you into alignment. So it's kind of like a, if you think of like an equation, it's like strategy plus authority equals signature theme. So some people are designed to feel satisfaction, some people success, or it could be peace or disappointment or um, surprise. And then you're not self-themed, which is frustration, anger, disappointment, um, bitterness, that is a sign that you're out of alignment. So basically, you're doing anything other than using your strategy and authority. So Um, you know, your strategy is like strategically working with your energy. So if you're feeling you're not self-themed, you're probably not working with your energy, aka not using your strategy. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling you're not self-themed, you could also, you know, maybe be ignoring what your authority is is saying to you. So perhaps ignoring that intuition, uh, ignoring the thing that has the authority in your body. So those are ways that you can, um, those are kind of the basics. And then Moving a little bit deeper, the next piece is um, something called our definition, which just speaks to how we flow and work with others. So some people, the formal words are like single definition, split definition, triple split, quadruple split, or no definition. But the words that I typically use are, um, you can be collaborative. You could be someone who's very independent. You could be someone who needs to synthesize information. This layer just speaks to, again, like if you're working with people How do you work best? So most people are what we call the split definition, which just means like their energy is kind of split in two different directions. And so it's really good for them to be around people to connect and collaborate, especially like on projects or when they need to get things done. Um, Or if if you're single definition, that means you're really independent. So you don't really need a lot of like outside collaboration. So that's the next layer. And then the next layer after that, and these are still kind of all the basics is the profile that we've been talking about, which is this like equation of two numbers. This actually draws from the sun energy of your chart. And something I should have mentioned in the beginning is that human design is a combination of a bunch of different modalities. So astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, quantum physics, genetics. I don't know if I mentioned the chakra system, all of these things are sort of intertwined. And so this profile these two numbers actually draw from the i ching mixed with astrology a little bit it's the sun energy of your chart and so it has a huge impact it actually makes up 70% of who you are and so we we say kind of our personality or profile here cuz it's kind of the archetype so your energy type the generator manifesting generator projector manifester reflector that actually speaks to how your energy works but it's not going to speak to like how your personality operates every day um it will more so it's just more so like, this is how your energy should work or, or can be felt. um, Your aura felt within, you know, the kind of world and your profile is really like the role you're meant to play. That's where you can start to see your personality shine a little bit. And Megan, I, are you a four, six, right?
0: Yeah. Four, six.
1: Yeah. So Megan is like, with the four energy, she's really designed to be a connector, a networker. It's called the opportunist. Someone who sees opportunities everywhere, wants to create connections. I mean, we look at the retreat you just had with all the connections <laughs> of people that just came together, like classic. And then, you know, the six energy in your chart is really called the role model the six energy works in three phases. So the first phase of your life from zero to 30 is really about, um, you operate more like a three and the three is kind of like the martyr, someone who le- learns by experience. So anyone with a three in their profile, um, anyone with a six operates like you, like a three, um, the first 30 years of their life. And it's really this period of like trial and error, making mistakes, kind of learning the hard way, but like the only way you'd ever want to learn. And then from 30 to 50 is about integrating, like integrating all that you've experienced, all of your mistakes or lessons and turning them into um, wisdom and really being like, okay, you know, I don't really need to go out there and do that anymore, but now it's time to really integrate these things into my life. And then, you know, at the age of 50 and beyond, you'll really hit this sort of prime where it's like, you know, I've been there, done that. And you start to serve as a role model and you're going to continue to feel that role model energy, like build up within you where people are really going to start to see you as a role model. And so when we take the four or six together, we see someone who you know, has a lot of opportunities with being a role model. We see someone who uses their um, their network to to be able to help others or influence them through their experiences and the lessons and the wisdom that they've gained. So that's a lot about your profile. And you know, for me, I'm a five one. So we talked about the one quite a bit, the investigator researcher diving into things. Um, but the five part of me is um, it's kind of this hero energy, the savior energy. It's this like desire to help and serve and and really wanting to like be there. So I'm called the challenge solver. I call it the unique savior, someone who's like obsessed with like serving and helping people and and but also equally like wants to solve their problems using kind of the research that they've done. So that's like another part of the energy that I carry. So anyone with oh, a four, cool. a six or three that we talked about a little bit, a one and a five, you're kind of covered in this episode. <laughs> All of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Except the twos. Sorry, yeah. twos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. curious. I mean, it's so fascinating. I feel like it's, it's human nature to want to learn about ourselves. And and it's mm-hmm. always so interesting to get mm-hmm. answers that can help kind of give us clues or point us in the right direction of, of kind of just more alignment with who we authentically are. Also, mm-hmm. as you were talking just then, it made me. I'm like thinking of different people in my life, and Lauren is it popped into my mind. I'm like, I wonder if she has a four in her profile because she's such a I natural think she connector. Does.
1: Yeah, no, I think she does. I, I'm pretty sure I put together something for her. Let's see if I can pull it up.
0: Yeah, and um, it, it would make perfect sense to me because I always talk about her as being like a master connector, and it it would, you know, it's just oh, you cool know what? To- she's a
1: she's a one three. Okay. But you know what, we did talk about her being a connector, but it's it shows up in different ways in her chart. Uh, so, um, but yeah, yeah, she is very much a, yeah, let me just double check her body graph. Um, yeah, she's, she's very much a connector, for but sure. it, it shows up in a different way in her chart. It shows up through her definition oh, and the way that she okay. collaborates with people. Yeah. So she gets, she kind of works best when she has like people that she can tap into mm-hmm. and connections, and so
0: hers is a little bit different, but she still has, you know, four energy in her chart too. So, yeah, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And okay, so one of the things I think about your story that is is so fascinating is. How you clearly had this experience of like, this is what it was like to make choices that were out of alignment for me, and not even like bad choices. Like you said, being in a job that wasn't a bad job, it just ultimately wasn't the career path that was most fulfilling or aligned for you. How deeply that is felt on a mental, physical, emotional, spiritual level. And I've always been such an advocate for being in integrity with our ourselves our truth as much as possible being in alignment with you know our the core essence of who we are and from a therapeutic perspective i've always explored that yeah. from things like identifying your core values and you know what what's important to you in life but i think human design also provides this really beautiful container of like here's how to tap into you know, like you were talking about your authority, your strategy, essentially like your your intuition, your inner knowing. Um, and I, I feel like it feels very permission giving in that way. So I want to yeah. talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about how human design can be used to ultimately feel more grounded and balanced within your mental and emotional health because you're making these kind of decisions that are are more in alignment for you rather than trying to do what everyone else is doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love this topic because I think that human design does provide so much clarity in that area. And, and really from my own experience, you know, I, when I give my story to, I, I don't want anyone to just like, you know, leave their job or, you know, never make like a harsh, just like a, just an impulsive decision, which I'm sure most people don't in those circumstances, but, you know, for me it was really challenging because I had been, I was so conditioned really. And and human design, like one of the biggest themes that we talk about in human design is that deconditioning aspect, but I was so conditioned by specifically my dad who I I love my dad so much, but you know, the, the kind of life that I grew up in is I grew up very lower middle-class. Like I grew up with a dad who worked in a factory who, you know, was kind of just like worked himself, not to death, but I mean, nearly, I mean, he just worked constantly complained. We never had enough money. I have a mom that's an addict and, you know, she like, they're divorced. And so it was always like, you know, two single parents, one that's like barely surviving and one that's like working constantly. And so my relationship with money and work has been a really kind of journey for me. And I'm still like really on this journey of healing that kind of relationship there. But for me, like a lot of things in my life, like in a part of my human design, is my, uh, my incarnation cross, which is kind of speaks to our purpose, mm. um, and life theme, which it's less about like the job you're meant to have and more about your energy minds to go against the status quo. And that's something that I've done a lot in my life. And, um, the one thing for me is like, you know, I, I knew I was going to go away to college and I like wanted to go to this public Ivy, and like, that's what I did. And, um, so I, I always kind of like figured it out somehow. And so I ended up going to college and then, you know, therefore getting a really good job. And so when I landed the job that I had after college, it was like, my family was like so impressed, but almost in the worst way where again, it kind of felt like this golden handcuff that like, I actually wasn't fulfilled. It was like, I was doing this out of like, you know, oh, like I have it so good. I think a lot of us tell ourselves that like, we have things so good. And so therefore we can't actually feel the feelings that we're actually experiencing mm-hmm. and That's been a really hard lesson for me because as I was going through that, um, you know, my dad was the hardest, one of the, the, it was the hardest part of the whole thing because I'd have conversations and he's like, you have student loans and, you know, like, you're crazy. Like you have it so good. And when I quit my job, like I got like a really awful text message and call from my dad, like Mm. just, and it was horrible. Like, I'm like, this is terrible that like, I don't feel supported, but and you know, my mom of all people um, was really supportive and and she's always been like a big dream believer. And I think she's, you know, had her own demons get in the way of those things, but it was, so it was kind of this like weird balance of those things. But again, it goes back to like the conditioning that I was feeling. And I had this conditioning around what it means to work, and even like as I became a business owner, it's still been challenging for me, like to to figure out how to not work so hard, um, and know that like working hard doesn't always equal money, and vice versa. Like you don't have to kill yourself to, you know, have a relationship with money. I mean, I could go on this topic forever, but so really, what it came down to in my human design journey was, um, as I was, you know, kind of on this path. And again, when that question came up, like, how do you tap into your gut? I remember going, my gut has been speaking to me for so long that I need to quit this job and I need to do my own thing. Like, and for me, like, or in each person, everyone has their own sort of unique authority. But if you're someone listening who has gut authority, like, my gut hurt. Like, I was not, like, I was having stomach problems. My, I would, when I would think about the decision, my, my body would, get so excited when like I thought about leaving and all the potentials and like my gears would turn and I'd get all these ideas about what I'm going to do in human design how I'm going to share it and how I'm going to speak about it. I mean, just like thinking about like, you know, the people I'm going to connect with and the programs and all the things, and even like the visuals of what my website's going to look like. And then, you know, then every day waking up every morning, my alarm would go off at 4am for my job. I would literally feel my stomach just turn And so I I just wasn't listening to it. And so, you know, the best thing that I say is that like how we can get into alignment again is using our strategy and authority. But when we don't, when we go against it, I mentioned the not self themes, which is basically a sign that you're working against your energy. So if you're a generator or a manifesting generator, it's gonna be frustration. If you're a projector, it's gonna be bitterness. If you're a manifester, it's going to be anger. If you're a reflector, it's gonna be disappointment. If any of those themes showing up a lot in your life that's an indication that there's something out of alignment. And if you don't change that thing, it's going to manifest as something um, greater than, than just frustration or disappointment or anger. And so for me, like, you know, the manifestation of what had happened for me was panic, panic, depressive. Like I was so frustrated that I was beyond the level of frustration. So I wasn't going to tap into any of my gifts in human design. Like you know, I like one of the biggest things in my chart is that I'm a really creative human. that's probably like the biggest part of my design. And so I, and I've I've known that. And sometimes I always say like, go back to when you were a kid, you start to see these gifts as when you were younger. And that was totally like my childhood. I was such a creative little kid. And then like, I wasn't really doing that in the job I was in. I wasn't being able to really express that gift. And so, so yeah. So for me, it was like, um, I realized there was such a manifestation of like this frustration that had built that it turned into something greater and that I really wasn't, you know, leaning into the gifts that I carried. And honestly, when you're in alignment, when you, you know, can get yourself to work with your energy and just like trust it when you just surrender to the experience, that's when the magic happens because I kid you not the day that. I decided to let go. I mean, opportunities flooded the day that I, the last day of my corporate job, I sold 30 readings. I have never wow. sold, not even to this day, that many readings in one day, 30 readings. Like That's I you not And um, so, you know, I don't know. Like I just say that like the universe is like just waiting for you to make space for like the right things. You just have to surrender and trust the process and not like your mind or the logic or the conditioning of what your parents think or your friends think or what anyone in your life thinks. And just know that like, you just trust that little inner voice. It usually leads to the right thing. And if not, then like, it's just meant to, you know, it's just meant to be a lesson for you to redirect to the next thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That one was always such a hard lesson for me because I've historically had a really low tolerance for uncertainty, but I've also Mm -hmm. learned throughout my own spiritual journey that on the other side of uncertainty is all the like amazing things that you can't even predict happening, like you leaving yeah. your job and becoming a human design reader and starting this amazing business is probably not something you had predicted for yourself earlier on, but you kept trusting Never. those impulses. <laughs> yeah, and following that and showing up for that. And it is so cool to see what what unfolds from there. And I can mm-hmm. also definitely relate to the not self-theme of frustration. I know that whenever I'm yeah a little bit out of alignment or trying to force things to happen in particular. I get that like, oh, I'm so frustrated. Like, why aren't things working the way I want them to? And, and trusting that that inner authority of like, just sit, take a se- second, like step back, sit back and wait for something to present itself and, and then yeah. go from there rather than trying to force things to happen. That's yeah. been a game changer for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It will be. And I love what you said too. It's like, it's, you know, sometimes we can never imagine what's going to happen. Like I've always, you know, when I was creative, right. Or I've had a desire to help people. And, um, you know, in college I like my friends used to send me their cover letters, like, can you, can you review this? Can you write this? Or, and I was always like the advice giver sort of thing. And, um, so I remember at one point in college, uh, saying like, I should be a life coach someday, Mm -hmm. never actually knowing what that would take. Right. And so now I'm like kind of a spiritual human design life coach, but So I think we like have these hints of things that we know we're good at or like skills that we have, but usually it's like just putting one foot in front of the other and trusting the next thing that's lighting us up for it to, you know, then open this door. It's less about like, you have this grand destination. And I guess some people like have a really strong idea of what they want to do and then they find ways to do that. But I think if you just like trust every moment, like if I'm just going to do the things that I enjoy doing, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Then I'm going to get to where I'm meant to go and I'm going to meet the the people that I meant to meet and the right opportunities are going to come through to me. Then that's all that really, that's all it really takes.
0: Yeah. We don't need to have every answer, every step of the way and the whole plan, Mm -hmm. like in, in our vision, we just need to take one step at a time. Yeah. One step at a time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things that I was excited to talk about too is, is human design specifically as it relates to self-care practices. Mm -hmm. because I know there's lots of different fun applications of human design. Like you can look at it in terms of how to optimize choices in your business, how to improve your relationships, like all all the things. And obviously a lot of the work that I do is in the realm of personal growth and Mm self-care. And kind of like we were talking about at the event this weekend, there are so many different things out there. There's so many different practices, tools, and modalities. And if you spend any time at all on social media, I think it's easy to get overwhelmed by all the things we feel like we should be doing like our 40 Mm -hmm. step morning routine with every Mm -hmm. single practice. Like we have to journal, meditate, do breath work, make our green juice, like do everything under the sun. And the reality is that's, you know, a path to burnout for most people. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. kind of the opposite intention of self-care in general. So I'm curious to hear what you think the application is like, how can you use what you know about your chart and your human design to choose the right practices for you to nourish yourself and to take care of yourself rather than feeling like you've got to do all the things that everyone else is doing.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I love this topic so much. Um, So there's so many kind of directions we could take here. So the first thing that just comes to mind is, you know, in human design, when we look at a chart, we can see who's designed to be consistent or not, who thrives in a routine and who doesn't. And so that's one of the first things that I, when someone, if I work with someone and they're talking about routine a lot or, you know, structure and trying to, again, like do this 20 step morning routine. And I look at their chart and go, Ooh, I don't know why you're doing like, there's a way it's, it's basically like it's the part of our arrows, there's a couple different areas where I can kind of tap into, but there's these arrows in our chart, which are called our variables. And they speak to the digestion environment, strongest sense, motivation, perspective, Um, and so when I look at those, if the arrows are pointing in one direction versus the other, it adds a layer to like how this works. But, um, typically in the human design chart, if your arrows are pointing towards the right, it means that they're more receptive. They're more passive. You can think of it as like feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Um, so people there are designed to, you know, really give themselves more of like a break when it comes to those things they are meant to be more fluid and flowy Mm -hmm. and, and not, you know, so rigid and disciplined all the time. Um, mean, you know, most people have a mix. So, um, you know, for me, like I have two pointing left and two pointing right. And there's different kind of, again, layers to it all. But the, um the one thing to know is if all of them are pointing in one direction and all of them are pointing in the other direction. Actually, I should pull up your chart just to like,
0: and I was see. trying to remember which direction my arrows are facing. I know it's a mix. I think it's like three and one, or maybe it's two and two, but I don't That's remember good. which ways. Okay. Yeah.
1: You have, um, three pointing to the left and then you have one pointing to the right. And, and so like what that means in your chart is the one that's pointing to the right is actually the way like your digestion is. And your digestion is, um, is an alternating appetite, which is basically like someone who needs to eat by, um, basically like alternating what they're eating on their plate so like you may bite one thing and then like go to the next and so it's it's actually a totally. very natural way to eat yeah um some people like so the the other appetite that could some people could have is consecutive appetite where it's like they would eat all of their rice and then they'd go to all of their you know vegetable then they'd eat their protein and yours is oh. more alternating like yours is a very natural way of eating so i'm going to take a bite of like you know, my protein, and then I'm going to like take a bite of my vegetable and then I might have some rice and then I'm going to go back to these things. So it's a very natural way. You actually have a really easy digestion, I would say. (laughs) Um, some people have, you know, like hot foods do better. Some, some people it's around like the environment they're in. So like, um, You know, so it could be like low sound environments where it's really quiet or high sound environments where it's, you know, a lot of energy. So there's different kind of ways, but yours is yours. I would say is a relatively easy one, but that actually comes from that arrow. And so the reason why um, it's pointing in the right that is actually the um, alternating. Uh, that's where I get the kind of alternating part. If it was pointing the other direction, you would have the consecutive appetite. Um, okay. And so think of consecutive, very disciplined. I eat this, then I eat that, then I eat this. is alternating. I go in just kind of like small directions. Does that make sense?
0: It does make a lot of sense. It also explains why, you know, I longer story. I have a long kind of earlier history from earlier in my life with disordered eating patterns. And when I went through recovery and then ultimately over time moved towards like more intuitive eating and, and for many years now I've had a really healthy balanced relationship with food. It's just like night and day difference, like Uh so much more fun, so much more liberating. I enjoy food so much. I get excited to eat all the different things and my digestion is so much better now than it was back then when I was really restrictive with food.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And what is your relationship with like
0: touching food? Like, do you like to like handheld foods? Like, is that like something that you enjoy? So I know like my strongest sense is touch. And I was, I was curious Mm -hmm. to actually ask you about that because I've never thought about it specifically with food. I like, I think I like, handheld just as much as like eating with utensils like it's all good to me but touch for sure has always been a such a strong sense for me like right now like I've been holding a like turning over a crystal in my hand the whole time we're talking uh-huh. I've got like soft blankets and pillows everywhere like t- having tactile sensation all the time has always been very grounding and soothing for me
1: I love that yeah and it really does speak to it's how you take in information or food so you can you could find that like maybe you like you know, to like get your hands in your food. Maybe if you're um you could ask your parents as a kid if you like to like mush your food together, or anything like that. Um, I think kids like to do it in general, but some kids more than others. Um, but again, it can show up in the way that you digest information. So it might be like touching something. So when you're shopping, like, you know, my dog's like, Why are you keep touching me? <laughs> um, it's like, you know, touching the food or touching the the clothes or touching the, you know, having oh, yeah. something.
0: Um, That's actually. Spot on. I like never understand why people, how people could get their groceries delivered or order clothes online. Cause like I need to feel it before I buy yeah. it. That makes yes. sense.
1: Yeah. And you might find too that um your, your love language might be quality or not quality time. um Physical, physical touch. touch. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that can happen as well. And that actually comes from that arrow too. So that's actually kind of all in this. And if anyone's looking at their chart, we're talking about the left-hand top arrow. And so, so again, so if the arrows are pointing left, it's more like discipline energy, um, like strategic. um, And then if it's pointing right, it's more, you know, passive feminine sort of energy. And so if someone there's people called quad lefts and quad rights, where it's like all their arrows point one direction and all of them point the other. And so like, I just did a reading with someone and they were talking to me about how they really struggle with work. She's a hairdresser. And she was like, I, she was basically saying like, she's like, I know what I have to do. Cause when you're a hairdresser, it's kind of like having your own little business, like you create your own hours. And so she's like, I'm really struggling because I, I see what I have to do to succeed. And I just, I will try to do that. And then like, she was trying to do the workouts and do all these like structured things. And I looked at her chart and I'm like, you are you're a quad right and quad rights are like you absolutely like the least amount of consistency and Mm -hmm. consistency is not a good or bad thing like sure consistency can get you some places sometimes but also it can burn you out Mm -hmm. and so you know, it was really freeing for her to hear that. And and this was actually, this was in October when I talked to her, but recently she was, we were talking over DMs about this because she's like, that's changed my life. Like giving myself permission to not be so rigid has been everything that I needed because again, you pull up Instagram or something and you see all these, you know, morning routines or vlogs that people do of like their routines, which is so fun. I love that content. Like I want people to keep sharing it, but um, we have to be so self-aware that we don't get caught up in thinking that's what we should do because, you know, not all of us are designed for that. And, you know, someone who is disciplined, so maybe they have all their arrows pointing left. Um, they might do really well. Gate five is the gate of rhythm in human design. And that gate tends to bring a lot of like rhythm and and people who like routines or rituals, but I have gate five and you know, the one thing for me is like, I'm not a morning person and I'm not someone who um, really, I have like the kind of things that I do in the morning, but like, I don't wake up at 5 a.m. every day because that's just like, not, i cannot consistently do that. Yeah. But when I wake up, whether it's at 5 a.m. or 10 a.m., I do the same, you know, sort of three things in the morning, you know, brush my teeth, make my matcha, like yeah. go yoga, walk my dog, those sort of things. But like, um, you know, I think that so that's one way to look at kind of wellness within our chart or self-care. Um, you know, the other part of self-care, I mean, really human design is self-care and in, in a lot of degrees looking at our energy centers where we're defined, AKA like the shapes, if they're colored in, that's where we have consistent energy. Um, and if we have a shape that's white or open, that's where we have inconsistent energy where we're designed to feel the energy from other people. And so we have to take care of ourselves in those spaces, like For your chart, for example, like you have that wide open solar plexus we talked about and your wide open solar plexus is something to really take care of because you're someone who's going to feel, um, all the emotions and you're really empathetic and, um, you've got, you know, tons of openness within your chart. And so all those areas are places to go, you know, am I, am I like, like taking inventory? Like, do I carry a lot of other people's energy? Like the theme of the energy in this place, do I carry a lot of that from others? okay, I don't great. Or I do. Okay. Now I need to like empty out and AKA let's go back to like making decisions for me, my strategy and authority. Let's, you know, get this stuff out of me. Let me clear the space. So that would be like another place to look again. We get, there's so many areas, but yeah, I
0: know there's so much. Yeah. And I feel like that's, (laughs) that's such a good start. And I love the example you gave of your hairdresser client, because that's, That's like spot on. That's exactly what I mean when I say we try to force ourselves to fit into these boxes of like what we see on social media or what everyone else is doing, or just like the hustle culture mentality that we've all grown up with. And Mm -hmm. when you learn that you could actually be more productive, more efficient, happier, and healthier by doing things in the opposite way you were taught, that is self-care. Like resting Mm -hmm. is self-care, especially if it's the way you're designed. So I think that's, that's a really important place for sure for people to start. Yeah. It's
1: so counterintuitive, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, you know, the other part that people get tripped up on, and and I think we talked a lot about this at the retreat on Sunday is so of the five energy types, the strategies. So basically how are we strategically working with our energy? All of them, but the manifestors are designed to wait for something, Mm -hmm. wait to respond. That's the generators and manifesting generators, projectors wait for an invitation or recognition. And then reflectors, it's way to 28 day lunar cycle, or as I like to say, to also wait to be kind of included like a projector. And then a manifestors is to inform, just to inform people. So manifestors are designed to like initiate, to move things into action and all the rest of us have to wait. And every time I tell people that it's like, it's like telling someone to like, not try. Like they think that you are like burning their autonomy and it's like, So hard. And so it's very counterintuitive when you start working with human design because I'm going, wait. And we live in a culture that's like, go after it, go get it, you know, push hard, make your dreams happen. And like, oh, I'm totally about making your dreams happen, but we're not going to make our dreams happen or, you know, get to where we want when we burn out or we don't enjoy the process or, you know, we're kind of working against the grain. And so the waiting is like so hard to remember because it's like, what? Like, and so I love what you're saying is like, you know, self-care sometimes is just giving yourself that permission to rest. It's, it can be just chilling self-care and and making, you know, you being the happiest, isn't going to do anything. Sometimes it's a matter of not doing something. It's just chilling. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: and I love the distinction you shared when we did our Instagram live as well, that like, waiting doesn't always mean just sitting back and doing absolutely nothing sometimes maybe you'll rest for a bit and in the rest you get an idea that comes in and that feels really charming charming and exciting and so following that feels like the thing you're responding to like it doesn't yeah. just have to be a person outright asking you like do you want to do this with me right like yeah it can actually be internal motivation but kind of like a download I guess this yeah, is how I interpreted it.
1: And and the thing is, you're never going to get that download if you're, you know, burning yourself out and trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we need that rest to go, oh, wow, I'm so inspired. And that's honestly such a reminder to myself too, because, you know, I have moments in my everyday, that's the other thing. Like no one does the human design thing perfectly. Like no human design expert, not myself, not, you know, Ra or Ru, the channeler of the system. No one does it perfectly. We're designed to feel that not self the frustration, mm-hmm. the disappointment, bitterness, whatever. Um, We're designed to feel those because it's an, it's an indication of oops. Okay. Now we got to go back here. You know, we're designed to kind of, it's like, you can't have the light without the dark. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's like the human
0: part of the human design. Like we we came here to experience contrast and to not get it right all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like such a reminder to just like, you know, if you're burning out. It's like, go for a walk. Like usually that's when the best ideas come or take a nap and just like, read a book or do, I mean, whatever it is that makes you flow. And it could be laying in the sun. It could be going, could be going for a run. Like, I mean, that's not rest to me, but for some people like that's the rest for them. Like rest is kind of your own definition of like, what's, what's not output and what's like input, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it's definitely not a run, but a walk in nature. That'll do it. (laughs) Certainly not me either. Yeah. Um, But you know, teach their own. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I could ask you about a million more questions because you just, again, <laughs> I have such a, a brilliant way of teaching human design and making Fire it so accessible. And, and <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have to do a part two because I also want to explore more around um, like the emotional conversation too, obviously as a therapist, yeah. like getting people to be able to tap into their emotions in healthy and safe ways. And um, I'm sure there's a lot in the realm of human design that that there's some overlap there. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll have to save that for our next conversation. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. So as far as where people can get started, I know you mentioned Mm -hmm. your website, they can go and get their free chart. And then if they're wanting to learn more, can they book a reading with you there? What should they do?
1: Yeah. So the first place, there's two places you can go and people kind of do one or the other or both. So I I sell something called the Human Design Guidebook, and it's a 95 plus page personalized guide to your human design so it's anywhere, most of them are like over hundred pages. Um, and, and basically it gives you every single aspect of your chart. So it goes into all the details of, you know, what does it mean to be a generator? How does that show up in, or whatever type you are, in relationships, how does that show up in career? Um, how to know if you're on track, there's journal prompts, you know, different checkpoints. And this goes into every layer. So everything listed and more will go into all the different pieces and will help you really understand your human design. And so it's this like booklet about yourself. Um, so that's like the place that most people, I would say that's like the notable work that I do, or that's what most people like, I would say, know me for, they love my guidebooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also schedule a session with me which I, I have my calendar open. So, um, you know, if you wanted to just get something personalized, conversational, you want to meet me, you want to talk about, um, you know, perhaps you're a, you know, a hairdresser who's burning out, <laughs> like, you know, we can talk about anything. So that's a definitely more of a, um, just kind of like integrated personal experience and so some people when you book a reading you can add on the guidebook and some people so see either some people go one way and then they book a reading or they book a reading then they they're like i want this to kind of be in my hands all the time Um, so that's the first place to start. And then from there, I've got other programs as well. So if you want to like, if you would like some coaching from me in a one-on-one container using human design, I offer something called the method. Mm -hmm. It's my method of using, it's like a human design life coaching method. Um, I offer it as a group twice a year. I'm in a group right now. So the next one's not till the fall. Uh, and then the, um, and then I offer it as a one-on-one program. So I have sort of both, um, And then, yeah, I'm on Instagram and, uh, I I teach human design readers. So if you want to become a reader and learn with me, I teach mentorship style. So it's like a, you know, instead of taking a self-paced course that you never look at, like we, we get four sessions together and we voxer the whole time. So it's like very integrated, like that sort of thing. So,
0: oh, those are all the things I do.
1: And, you know, give or take, there's a little bit more of stuff on my website. It's thedesignofyou.com and I'm the design of you on Instagram.
0: Amazing. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes below. So for everybody listening, you can go check that out. And I have to say, I've been reading through my guidebook that you made for for my design and it is truly so valuable. There's so much information in there. I'm like halfway through right now and I'm already so excited to continue to to read on and learn more. Oh, I love that so much.
1: Yeah. It's it's such a like fun little like journal and just to print it out, write on it. Like it's just, it's really cool. I, I That was a honestly just my soul went into those, so oh, you can great.
0: tell, yeah. It's it's clearly like <laughs> massive labor of love for sure. Yeah. Um, last question I love to ask people who come on the show is, mm-hmm. what is one wellness practice that you are really loving right now, or what is one that's just like always been your staple, can't live without it?
1: Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like it's such an evolving question too. So it's it's there's I feel like there's not one thing that it has really stuck with me constantly. It's more so like the, the things that I've been doing that I've been loving lately. Um, honestly, like Oracle card polling. Mm. Um, and I know that that is, you know, it, it's not necessarily like something good for me, like sleep or it is good for me, but it's not like, you know, more of like a physical thing. It's more of just like a mental thing. Like I had a conversation with a friend um, on Monday. And we we had she's one of my friends from like since we were kids and we jumped on Facetime and uh, she's going through it she's basically ending a three year relationship with someone she lives with and yeah she just she came to the realization on the phone with me and so it was a really kind of tough conversation we were having and I'm like you know let's pull you a card and so I've just I'm really into the the card pulling because. It's just the magic. And so I'm like, you know, shuffling these cards. I do psychic mediumship work too. So like, I just love the magic of like cards. And so we're like talking and I'm like, let's shuffle them as we're like talking through this problem. And we did this poll called the inner compass where it's basically like you pull the first card and it's, um, you know, what's what's kind of the light of your current situation. And then the second card is, you know, what's what's the clarity or um, the direction you need to go in. And we just, we sobbed talking to each other because the first card was, it was like something about joy And it was basically saying that, um, it literally makes me emotional because it was just like so just pertinent to what she was going through. But it was basically talking about like joy and play and how she's essentially like how she needs joy and play in her life. And the relationship she's in is like really stagnant and like it's not fun Hmm. and they don't do anything. And then we pulled the second card and it was, it had three girls on it and it was like sisterhood. And I was the third. She talked to her friend on Friday. She went and had dinner with her friend on Sunday, and then she called me on Monday to like talk about this. And the two friends that she met with had dark hair, and then I have blonde hair. And the two girls, the, gar- the girls in the card, it was two brunettes with one blonde.
0: Oh, and it's no like way. a
1: sisterhood. And like the reading on the card was basically like, you know, your sisters are here to to guide you through, like lean on your sisters, and like mm. you'll get to like where you need to go. And like she's moving in with one of her friends, so it was just like. We're like crying because I'm like, the magic is just here. Like it was just such a confirmation of the experience that she was having. And um, so that's like my self-care thing lately. Like I have a card, like I bought a little, or I got it for Christmas, actually. I got this card stand. And I put my Oracle card in it for the day. And I just like, um, I have one for the year and I have one for the day. And so it's like, I look at it every time. I just like need a reminder. Hmm.
0: And, and that's have, always true. Do you have a deck that you're loving right now? Yes, actually I have it right here. The moon deck. <laughs> oh, I love that one. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I love that you shared like pulling for your friends too. That's always something that I've, I've kind of periodically go in and out of, but it always does feel really special to share that, that moment of, of connection and sisterhood. Yeah. And it's just like a nice, um, I don't know, it's a nice way to t- tap in with, with people and, and, and just. Connect in a special energy and give them something that they might have really needed to hear in that moment.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. And when you do sessions with me, I'll pull a card at the end of every session. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times it will be something unrelated. Sometimes it's like very related to what we talk about. And then sometimes it's unrelated. And I usually ask, you know, is there anything that showed up there? And then all of a sudden I look at the screen and someone's crying and they're like, I needed to hear that so bad. Like, and it had nothing to do with what we talked about for an hour, but and so i'm just like the magic is in the cards like i i i literally i make my dog pull cards like i'll lay them oh my out gosh, like gosh so cute like he's literally like put his hand on one um he has skin issues and when we were trying to when we first started going through it he put his hand on a card and it literally said <laughs> it said my um my my external reality is a is a um how was it? it was like a, my external reality is an indication of my internal condition yeah. And it was like, and I was like, oh my gosh, like that has to do with like his diet and things that he was experiencing. So
0: yeah.
1: I'm telling you, I make my boyfriend pull them. <laughs> I, I do moon circles. If anyone's listening and they live in Orange County, I do moon circles every full moon um, in Newport and tomorrow I have one. And so I'll bring the deck and, you know, everyone's always like crying about their cards and I'm like, they're, they're just, they're magic,
0: you know? Oh, that's so fun. Now I wish I was in Newport tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I wish you were too. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm so excited to continue to, you know, stay connected to you and collaborate on all the things and just have you as a friend in my life. i'm I'm so yeah. glad that that we connected and got brought together. And thank you so much for oh. Glow Fest. Thank you for this conversation today and all the work that you do.
1: oh my gosh. Thank you, Megan. I can't wait to just be more connected with you. And I want to do a session with you as well. And uh, yeah, just, I'm just like, it's divine timing and, you know, we all are meant to meet the right people at the right time. So I just feel like we were all meant to meet. And um, yeah, this I is so special. Agree.
0: Yeah. I could not agree more. Oh, thank you so much. Thank and you. Yeah. For everybody listening, definitely um go check out all of Leah's work, follow her on Instagram and check out her website, get your chart, get your guidebook, all of the things. Um, And if you know anybody who wants to learn more about human design, go ahead and pass along this episode to them. And as always, until next time, everybody have a happy and healthy day.